Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self, and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hi, everybody. I hope you've had an amazing week so far. Um, If you saw on Instagram this week, I am celebrating an accomplishment. We, as a whole community, have reached 5,000 downloads, and it's something that I am absolutely stoked about, but if you read the caption, it's something that's also caused me quite a bit of distress and like anxiety and fear and imposter syndrome and so much stuff has been going on in my mind the last couple weeks, and on top of that, I've had like a wild amount of calls and just been connecting with so many different people, so... I don't know. I think I'm sharing this because self-care has been extra important for me the last couple weeks and I've really had to take time to like decompress at the end of every day and just make sure I'm doing things that made me happy or calm me down and I actually haven't been able to do like the self-care I normally do because I've been so in my own head so it's been a lot of sleeping and watching TV and just It's looked a little bit different for me this week, which is interesting because I feel like my energy was kind of being forced in different directions, and so I kind of had to like adapt. I don't know if any of that made sense, but basically just moral of the story is to listen to your mind, body, soul, and make sure you're doing things that serve you each day, and each day is going to look different, so just keep tuning into yourself and making whatever changes are necessary. Today's episode is with the most beautiful soul ever, uh, Julia Roman. She is incredible and I've been following her and connecting with her on Instagram for so long. So I'm happy we finally got a podcast episode out of it. Uh, Oh my God, we talk about everything in this episode. We go from what she does in her work with self-love and healing, limiting beliefs, and then we go into faith and spirituality and humanity and the things we have to do to work together. So it's a really interesting conversation, very insightful lots of different suggestions and advice and I guess just ways to like become your best self um, would be how I would simply describe everything we talked about today. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and can take a few key nuggets away. So today I'm here with Julia Roman, who is a spiritual and CBT coach, as well as a mental health advocate who focuses a lot of her work around anxiety and self-love, which we're going to delve into a little bit more today. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on today, Angelica. So my name is Julia. I am, as you said, self-love and anxiety coach, and I help women who want to release any of those limiting beliefs that are holding them back and really heal themselves from the inside out so that they can manifest their heart's desires and experience radical self-love. Nice, yeah, and I saw the term radical self-love all over your website. So can you tell us like what that actually means to you? Of course, yeah, and thank you so much for having me on today. I'm just so excited because I'm such a fan of your work too, <laughs> and 
the work around, you know, mental health and authenticity, I think is really important. So radical self-love is a part of that, definitely, in terms of the authenticity, because it has to do with embracing all of the parts of yourself. And these are the parts that you've also been, you know, conditioned by society to reject. And it has to do with believing in yourself and defining your worth on your terms. So that's something I do with my clients is it's very like holistic. It's the mind, body, soul connection and just really embracing who you are and what you stand for. Yeah. And was it kind of like a personal experience that got you into the self-love things or was it more like your academic background? How did you get into that kind of work? That's a good question. Yeah, definitely in terms of my own journey, I think. I was lacking that self-worth, I was experiencing self-doubt, questioning myself, and once I discovered that self-love within me, I wanted to share that with as many women as possible, that they have the power within them and the strength, and we don't have to look externally for things to validate us, that we have everything we need within us. Yeah, I love that, and I think, especially as a society for women, but men as well, we're just kind of conditioned to think that way, and we have these limiting beliefs, like you said, that restrict yeah. us from actually believing that we are capable of achieving anything, really. So you do do a lot of work around limiting beliefs. So can you maybe define what those are and then explain how they actually impact our potential to experience true self-love? Absolutely. And limiting beliefs you might see on social media, and it can be a little confusing, but I just like to think of them basically as lies that we tell ourselves about who we are and other people in the world and really just life itself. And the more often than not, when we really get down into these limiting beliefs, we can recognize that they're not even ours. Sometimes they're passed down generationally from family, our community, in the media, um, definitely with social media. And we can't really truly love ourselves if we don't know the truth and that's who we are, who we, our essence is. And when we have these limiting beliefs, they hold us back from reaching our fullest potential and living the life that we want to live. Yeah. And like, what are some examples that you see in your own work with women? Like, what are some of these beliefs that you see most often, I guess? Um, a lot of times it does revolve around body image. I think there's society places is such an emphasis on that. And so like not feeling good about their bodies, not feeling confident, and also sometimes in relationships, struggling to manifest a healthy relationship because, you know, maybe they've attracted narcissists in the past and energy vampires and people like that. So I have helped clients overcome a lot of those limiting beliefs about themselves and about men. And I actually had a client recently who's like in a really healthy and happy relationship and she's never had that before. So it definitely is possible, but sometimes it helps to have someone else to kind of like show you where those limiting beliefs are because they kind of hide. They're a little sneaky sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And that's awesome. I know you also wanted to touch on a bit of like client success stories. So are there any other ones you wanted to highlight or any, I guess, parts of your work that are really, really important and special to you? Well, yeah, for me, that's like the most rewarding is just to see other people succeed and to recognize that inherent worth and power within them so that they can achieve their dreams. So I did have another client who did really struggle with body image and confidence. And then after we finished our time together, her wardrobe completely changed. She'd before worn like really baggy shirts and I just really wanted to hide her body. She didn't feel good about herself, even though she was beautiful inside and out and once we did our work together, I took her through my program and then she just started feeling a lot more confident and she just went actually dancing this last weekend and sent me videos and pictures and she's all dressed up and really just ready to express who she is and her authenticity. So that is always, for me, really exciting to see. 
That's amazing. Yeah. And I actually just saw a post. I'm not sure who in the mental health community posted it, but something about like the psychology behind the clothes that we wear and how it actually impacts like the way that we carry ourselves in the world. I'm not sure if you saw that as well. Yes. Was that Michelle's Your Psych Whisper? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) It's really interesting Mm because there is a whole psychological aspect. Yeah, for sure. And just like how wild it is to think about the clothes that we put on like will change the way that we perceive ourselves and the way that we communicate with others because it actually has like such a big impact on that absolutely yeah it can be really empowering when you feel like you're making those choices not that you're trying to hide yourself but that you want to express your unique individuality and and who you are mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. and that authenticity piece is such a huge piece of what both of us work on so I guess in your work like how do you actually inspire people to embrace that part of them and I know you talk about like accepting all parts of yourself so do you see like different parts of people maybe like one part being authentic and one part being hidden or like what do you see most often in terms of that that's an interesting question because I've noticed a lot of my clients have struggled with anxiety which is something I've also struggled with and it it can come in different forms but that's usually something like a source of shame or something that maybe they don't really quite understand as to where the behaviors come from so with one of my clients, actually the same one that um, had the makeover, basically the fashion makeover, she kind of experienced that where um, growing up, she had a lot of like childhood trauma and these limiting beliefs that kind of came up. And once she was able to heal that and recognize where those thoughts came from, then she was able to move forward. So a huge part of that healing is the inner child healing, is recognizing those limiting beliefs so that you don't have to stay in the past, that you can write a new story. And I found clients, you know, They find that very empowering because they think that their life is going to be one way and then it can be something completely different. Yeah. And do you have any tips or advice on how to actually do that inner child healing? So I know it's kind of like a term that's being thrown around a lot more recently (laughs) um, because it is so important. And just like understanding that childhood experiences really do influence the way that we live our lives and the way that we see ourselves in the world. So kind of how do you wrap that into your work again? Well, there's many different ways. Um, I think a big thing, you know, I talk about triggers sometimes, and I think sometimes those are things in childhood that need to be healed. So when we react strongly to something, whether it's jealousy or anger or fear or sadness or whatever it might be, and it doesn't really call for the situation, you know, it's maybe an over um, expressed response to what's going on, because there's actually something that's deeper. So looking at those things, and that's something that we do um, with my clients is we just kind of like go through and find out what it is like where did it start some of these beliefs and some of the things that come up and it's definitely a process and each person's journey is unique but the more you can do that it's really like just peeling layers of an onion and getting deeper into the root of it yeah and I know you do a lot of work with CBT and that's kind of where a lot of those techniques and strategies come from yes um so going back to self-love, like how do you actually use CBT to heal self-love? Because I know that could be kind of like a taboo topic because it's not like a sciencey. like self-love <laughs> is kind of more subjective. Yes. Um, so how do you wrap that science into the self-love process? Well, it's funny because it, it is all connected. It is very holistic. And with CBT, that basically that's cognitive behavioral therapy. And I am a certified CBT coach. And with that, you know, CBT is just simplified the relationship between our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. And if you change one of those, the other two will eventually change. And for me, CBT has just been instrumental, not only in my anxiety recovery, but also in helping my clients. And 
a huge part of that, again, it goes back to the limiting beliefs and you start to question those thoughts and you replace them with a more realistic belief. And radical self-love, you know, specifically the, the program that I have, there's an entire module dedicated to limiting beliefs because I feel like that's so huge. That's such an important part of self-love because if we have these lies that we're telling ourselves, it doesn't matter how much we're trying to manifest or attract something into our life. We're going to see things as we believe them, not like how we actually want them to be. So it is, it's all really connected in an interesting way. Yeah. And in terms of limiting beliefs, like I find them so interesting because a lot of them are like what we've been told growing up rather than like us just thinking them that way about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe you had a teacher tell you something about you weren't very academically oriented and then you started like internalizing those beliefs and then you thought you weren't a great student. And then you like actually manifest those things. So they do actually like have a true effect. And I don't know, like, do you have any other thoughts on how we can actually work through these beliefs when they are so internalized? And that's like a very broad question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, unfortunately, I know I wish I could just like give you the answer. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I do with my clients is because there's, you know, it's a whole thing with like, there's activities, exercises, worksheets, really getting deep into it because they are, these limiting beliefs are so ingrained that just were programmed and they don't even have to be said. I mean, that's the whole thing. They're so insidious. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a teacher telling you something or a parent. I mean, it can just be the way someone's acting. Like if you see, you know, your dad nervous all the time, you start to think, oh, well, the world is maybe not a safe place or whatever it might be. Um, but it is possible to heal them. And I mean, one of the first steps is to just look at an area of your life where you're struggling. Like money is a big one. I did have a client with that. And these limiting beliefs around money and not feeling like she had enough, even though she did. And she came from a wealthy family and she was really smart and capable and all of those things. But what it comes down to is any area of your life that maybe you're struggling with, you can start to kind of dig deeper. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you don't trust men or you've been hurt in the past or you have some childhood trauma. But when you start to like uncover that, you start to really dig deeper into the limiting beliefs. And um, yeah, there's just lots of ways to even get even deeper. <laughs> I mean, it's not even just what we think it is sometimes. Sometimes we just think like, oh, I'm not pretty. And it's really like, I don't deserve to be loved or I'm not lovable. So it's definitely a process, but it's worth it. And I've done the work myself and I've seen the transformation. Yeah. And our mindset is huge. It's like, again, another topic that's just kind of thrown out there, but the way we talk to ourselves, the way we actually perceive these comments or the way we live out what we believe about ourselves goes so much deeper than like just that one, oh, I'm not pretty comment that we might say to ourselves in the mirror. Like, yes. It really changes the way that we carry ourselves in the world. And I just think that's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And to know healing is possible, even if you have these lonely beliefs, we all do. And once you heal one, another one might come up. And that's okay to just really be patient and compassionate with yourself on your journey. And for me, that's helped, like working with coaches, working with counselors and getting that extra support. But at the end of the day, with you know self-love or any of these things, it, it does come down to you because you're the captain of your ship. You steer it and, and you have to decide how you want your life to be if you want to stay stuck in the past or move forward. Yeah. And I like the kind of like peeling of the onion metaphor that you use, because I think you're just constantly going to find new things that come up for you. Because unfortunately, like things that happen to us all throughout our lives, like childhood, teenage years, if any comments were made to us, they might stick with us. Even if we're not thinking of them like right in the moment, they could still be yeah. like in our 
the deepest parts of our psyche. And then as you do that healing work, other parts might come up and then you have to address them in your healing journey. But like you said, it's definitely possible and programs like the ones that you offer are definitely available to work through. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) What other like kind of programs do you offer just to show off (laughs) your skills and your services? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, the big one has definitely been the self-love program. I do have a couple other ones that I'm working on that I haven't fully launched, but um, one of them is about the healing from heartbreak because I've experienced that and I know how painful that can be and a lot of resources that I've compiled and another one about manifesting love, attracting love, because I do think that that can really help to get clear before you're ready to call in that partner or call in the one into your life. Um, But really just the self-love and right now I'm incorporating the anxiety and the CBT because I feel like CBT is really, really helpful in releasing those limiting beliefs. It just takes it to a whole other level. Um, But yeah, those are the things that I'm currently offering and I just, I really enjoy it. It's, it's definitely very fulfilling for me. Yeah, it's amazing. And I know your Instagram handles spiritual coaching. So what kind of like role does the spiritual aspects play in all this? Like, do you incorporate any type of meditation or yoga practices? Like what are your go-tos in that sense? That's a good question. Um, Yeah, it's funny. I actually started as a spiritual coach, but then I got really more into the self-love. So that's probably why my handle is the same, because I I do feel like it does really start with having that connection with yourself. Although I do incorporate some spirituality into my practice in terms of like law of attraction and really just like having a relationship with your higher self, with people might call that God or the universe and trusting in that journey because it is harder if you're doing it all on your own to recognize that there is something out there. And I think really what it comes down to is the self-compassion piece and compassion is also, um, I have a whole module dedicated to that, but um, self-compassion in terms of like um, Buddhism and the teachings, I am a Baha'i, so I incorporate all of the teachings of the major world religions into my programs and really just using that sense of love that you develop for yourself to love the world. So it's really bigger than just ourselves. It's really can unite us and connect us with others. I love that you brought that up because, again, I think spirituality is another, like, woo-woo word that people kind of are like, oh, not for me. But I talk about, like, the mind, body, soul a lot and, like, the big trifecta. And I think the soul aspect is just that, like, connecting to a higher self, your higher being, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have to be a god. It can just be, like, walking in nature and you feeling like you're connecting to something greater than yourself. And it's something, like, I'm trying to incorporate more into just in my own healing Um, Because I think taking time out of your day to actually do something that like makes your soul feel good, whatever that is for you is like, very, very beneficial. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, being in (laughs) nature being for me, I'm like a big animal person as I'm an empath. So and actually, all my clients have been empaths. So that's, I think that that end up somehow like gets incorporated too, because the program specialized to them. So I'll find resources that I, I think what might be helpful to them. And when you have someone who's been on that journey, I think that that can help. So the people that I've reached out to, too, always been through, like, whether they heal from anxiety or self-love or whatever it is, um, it just helps to have someone who kind of has, like, a roadmap and can kind of show help show you the way. <laughs> yeah, and even, like, reading books. So you brought up, like, Buddhism and stuff. I'm currently reading The Four Agreements and the Toltec whole life thing and I just think like their perspectives on what the world is is so so unique and something that we're not really taught in school we're not shown in the media so like 
broadening just like my own reading and research on it has really opened up my eyes to like a new way of seeing the world, seeing my own like personal perspectives and just like appreciating the world. It sounds cheesy, but like for what it is. And it's not something that we're ever really taught. So Mm -hmm. I think just like looking at those world religions and Buddhism's a big one in terms of spirituality and stuff. So Mm -hmm. they're just really like, I think a lot of people should do more research and just own like exploring through those things as well. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I, I love the Four Agreements. I know they have, there's even like series where they have different books. The, the first one really encompasses all of it. But um, yeah, any type of like, whether like it's Native American spirituality, I mean, there's so much that we can gain from learning about those. And in my experience, I've studied like psychology, philosophy, sociology, religion, because I find it so fascinating. And if you want to know who you are, you have to understand the world too, because we're a part of the world. And self-discovery is another um, module that I take my clients through because that can be really empowering and inspiring to realize that we're all interconnected and how we can use best utilize our gifts like you do to serve humanity and to just make the world a better place. Yeah. And do you find that like obviously growing up in like a Western world, like we had complete different belief systems than like maybe kind of the work you're doing now, like these things weren't really <laughs> ingrained in you as a child or, and you kind of had to like do that searching for yourself? I think so. I mean, I'm kind of curious. I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. But <laughs> in my experience, I say I was raised a Baha'i um, okay. and that's all about unity and it's a world religion. But I did end up kind of in college, like going off on my own and and studying all of this stuff because I didn't want to just believe what I was taught. I mean, I was, I was also taught to like investigate things and to actually like explore rather than just to, you know, believe everything. And that was a big part of my journey, but yeah, definitely growing up kind of in a Western world, you know, if you weren't Christian, I mean, even though I believed in Christ, I wasn't necessarily part of a church. Um, I would lose friends and people wouldn't necessarily understand So there is, unfortunately, a little bit of a stigma there, but I think we are evolving and we're becoming more open-minded because we're seeing that there's different types of beauty and there's different types of truth. It's not just, you know, they say like it's one light, many lamps. So looking at all of the lamps, (laughs) but I'm curious about what you would say about that. Yeah, I have a weird relationship with religion. Um, My family's Italian, so I grew up like very Roman Catholic and church and all that. But I think like as I'm, becoming more independent myself like I'm really learning the difference between religion and spirituality and like Mm -hmm. how they're so connected but also so different and Mm -hmm. you don't need to necessarily identify with a religion and for me I didn't have to go to church every weekend I didn't have to listen to a priest like it was more just like what I did for myself in order to like connect to that higher being like I was saying earlier so and I don't know personally like I just there were a lot of teachings and like the Christian church that I did not really agree with and I kind of wanted to like hear other perspectives and the way that other people viewed the world and Mm -hmm. even now like I wouldn't even say I necessarily relate to any specific religion but I do like incorporate a lot of different teachings into like my own healing into whatever work I'm doing so I think just like keeping an open mind and being willing to do the work do the readings and just hear from other people is like just having those conversations really impacts you in more ways than you know, because you hear different perspectives. I love that. Absolutely. And, and what you're saying, you kind of touched on is something that I believe also that 
you know, sometimes with these, you know, there's different denominations. Like, so for me personally, I do believe in Jesus, but then there's, you know, these true teachings that he brought, you know, thousands of years ago, but then there's all of these different sects and interpretations. Well, you know, by man, this is what he said, and this is what he said. So that's where it gets a little bit confusing. So if you can really get to the true teachings and the writings, the spiritual writings, then it can help like illuminate a lot of things because otherwise it can be very confusing because it's very us versus them. And if we can just see that there's beauty in all different types of faiths and spiritualities and religions, it would definitely make us more united and it would be a way for us to all coexist together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think faith has become more important, especially in the last couple of years with everything we've dealt with, like yeah. as a whole global world, um, <laughs> just like having faith in the higher path or like knowing that our current situation is not our final destination and that there might be like a reason why we're suffering right now in order to like have something greater later. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think like definitely being able to trust in something that isn't like your reality is a super important thing to have. Absolutely. Well, and from what I've learned studying is that this is just, this is an old world that's crumbling, the old world of materialism and greed and corruption and all of those things and that's why we're seeing all of these we're seeing the calamities we're seeing the war and the fighting because it's just bringing it all to the surface and the pandemic has definitely been instrumental in that but that at some point a new world is going to come about which is going to be based more on these spiritual values and um the virtues and how we want to treat each other and how we want to treat our planet but we have to really get through all of this stuff right now in order to get there so i think as you said there is a purpose behind it and that can make it a little less scary um because we're in such a you know precarious state of humanity's evolution right now yeah we're definitely in a transformative state and you see that with even just like the changes in the media what we're consuming the different like social media accounts and people kind of like promoting these values that we're in necessarily part of our lives growing up yeah um so it's really awesome to be a part of and i think more people are like beginning to have that open mind and see the world for what it is and we want to make positive changes which is awesome and we're kind of like done like with what you said like the material stuff and Mm -hmm. I think the media is something I'm super passionate about too is that like we were kind of like poisoned by a lot of the stuff that we consumed growing up and Mm -hmm. we had all these perspectives that were not very positive um in order of like how we viewed the world so I think we're on the right path. I know we have to go through some like downhills in order to get there, but I'm very optimistic about what's to come. Yes, absolutely. No, and a lot of good things are going to come. And you know, the thing we want peace on earth and it is going to happen. That's the whole thing. And there's something that the highest talk about called the lesser peace, which is, um, and we're going to be, I feel like I'm getting so deep, but this has helped <laughs> me to understand is basically that there is going to be a, a point in our time, you know, where we, as a, species we're going to have to collaborate we're going to have to work together to survive so it's not that we're necessarily going to be so altruistic that we're wanting to help you know save someone or um care for someone but because like in terms of like you know our environment if we don't change things none of us are going to be around and our grandchildren you know things like that so we are going to have to make some changes even if it's in a selfish way basically you know and we're not going to have the war because we're seeing that that you know bankrupts us and it hurts us and it it hurts the environment, all of those things, but that's going to be the next step to get us to the peace that we're seeking. But at some point, humans are going to recognize that when we put out bad stuff into the world, it's just, it comes right back. And that is the spiritual principle that's found in the different world religions. So 
the more that we can do this work, you know, on an individual and a collective level, it is going to change the course of humanity. But it's definitely going to be an interesting ride for all of us in the meantime. Yeah, and climate change is definitely a big real thing that, like you said, like a lot of people are, we know it's happening. We're just like needing to make those like sustainable changes and actually come together, like you said, and do something about it. Um, And a lot of us are scared for the future because the war, the everything, we don't really know what is to come and how to work together to actually make a change. And I think a lot of people struggle with like actually having a say because we feel like nothing we can do on like whatever level we're on, like we'll say like the normal everyday people, we don't really have the power to actually make real changes. And we're trying to use our voice to like tell the people in power, but we haven't seen a change yet. Mm. Um, So I think like with time, hopefully like as more and more people from our generation are like getting into those positions, they can actually use their knowledge and make that change. Absolutely. And there are lots of grassroots efforts, things that are happening and you know, um, we are coming together more as a community. And before the pandemic, I was a virtues class teacher. And that is through the Baha'i Faith, but it's open to everyone. Anyone can come and just teaching children the virtues and how to treat one another and how to treat the environment and all of those things. And we can all make a difference in our own way. But I, I think like what you touched on, it is this small group of people, predominantly men that are in power and in charge, and they're the ones really making the decisions. So it, at a certain point, it is frustrating because you can only recycle so much and all of those things. Um, but I do think that we can use the power of our dollar, since we live in a capitalist society, to purchase and to um, support businesses that are environmentally friendly. And we are going to be the ones that are going to have to, at some point, as a society, make the change. Because I don't know if these people are <laughs> at the top are necessarily going to, unless they realize there's money involved, that they're going to take a loss on it. Or like with the Dove campaign how it was embracing different types of beauty. I don't think they would have had that unless there was some sort of a call for, you know, different types of inclusion of beauty and different body types and things like that. So we, I think we have more power than we actually realize. Mm -hmm. I love the Dove campaign. It's just like representation. And when you see these things that like we never saw before, it really makes such a big difference. And just the way that we consume media as well. And then I think it goes back to those limiting beliefs and what we see as we're online, because we do spend so much of our time on social media. And then we start to internalize, Mm -hmm. you know, like, why does my body not look like that? Or why does my face not look like that? And just like posting what you do, what everybody in our like mental health community does, just like bringing awareness to these things is like so, so important. And I'm really happy to like be a part of it. So I'm happy that you're here with me today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for the work that you do. It's so inspiring. And I think it will help a whole new generation of young girls to love themselves and to embrace themselves. And it is really important that work to just continue doing it because you don't realize how it's affecting someone or how it might be changing their life. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of like coming back full circle here. We went into a little like spiritual deep tangent there, but I love that. that I'm like so passionate about that (laughs) stuff. That was not in the notes, but I'm happy we did it. Oh, me too. It's important to talk about for sure. And I love hearing like different people's perspectives. So thanks for being a part of that. Of course. (laughs) Um, But in terms of like really bad self-esteem days, because I know a lot of people do struggle with that. Maybe it could be body image or just like those own limiting self-beliefs. Do you have any advice on like what we can tell ourselves on those days or any strategies we can incorporate? 
Well, I think a big part of it is the self-compassion piece, and I'm a huge fan of Dr. Kristen Neff, who's written on it. She's actually a self-compassion professor, researcher, and realizing that on those days when we're not feeling good about ourselves, we fall into the trap of, I should, or I must be doing this, and not really just allowing space for ourselves to be how we're feeling at that moment. And um, what she does in her book is she outlines the three main elements of self-compassion, which is the first one, which we talked a little bit about in the beginning, is the self-kindness, which is that sense of speaking to yourself in a positive way and being encouraging, talking to yourself as a friend. And being mindful is the second one. And that has to do with not identifying with those thoughts or the limiting beliefs. So you're an observer. You're witnessing it, but you don't have to identify. And then the last one is common humanity, which is my favorite because it's recognizing we all struggle, we all suffer, but that we, you know, we do this together as, you know, a whole, that we're not alone. And that for me was really empowering. So really just to be extra loving and patient and compassionate with yourself on those days, because those are the times you're more likely to take a hit when you have a negative thought or a limiting belief shows up. I love that. I, I like those three points. That's definitely something I'm going to remember, because I think like on those days, it's it's harder to be kinder with yourself, which is why it's important to actually be kinder with yourself. And something I've like seen a lot is sticky notes, like on a mirror for when you're having those bad days, like you can like read off affirmations or just like remind yourself that today might be a bad day and that's okay, but like, we're going to get through it. And you're not, your beliefs is another big one that I'm seeing a lot right now because people do internalize them and they really do consume like their thoughts and feelings with that one negative limiting belief. Absolutely. And it has to be something, you know, because I do do affirmations with clients, but it has to be something that you believe. So sometimes I would even say like to scaffold it or to start off with something before you go too far ahead. Like if you really hate your body to say something like I'm beautiful every day, if you don't believe it, it's just going to be words. So it might be something that you're focusing on that you love about yourself. Like I have, you know, really pretty eyes or you know, I appreciate what my body does for me. You, you can just say it in a way that it, it actually feels authentic to you because I think that's a big part of it. And then you can just keep going up into the points where you're like, I'm gorgeous world. <laughs> yeah. And something one of my past guests actually talked about was body neutrality. I'm not sure if you've heard that term before. No. Okay. So she was just basically saying that like it exists on a spectrum. So there's body positivity and then there's like bad body image, but huh. We as a society think we need to go to like, if we're having a bad body image data, just straight, like, I love my body. I love everything. But body neutrality is more just like accepting your body for what it is. And she was like, it's basically just a sack of skin. Like it's something, it's your vehicle to get around in. And so you can just like accept it and say like, this is the way my body looks today. Like that's okay. Rather than being like, I love my body all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of more of like a neutral ground and it's, something like I'm doing more research on now too. And I find it so fascinating because you don't have to go from zero to 100 and you can kind of just like not place that importance that I think society places on our bodies and just kind of like accept it for what it is. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that because that's a big part of, in my work, the spiritual part, I would much rather have a client come, you know, after working with me, instead of saying like, I love my body, like I love my soul because that is who we are, is this essence. Like you said, these are just basically on loan, these bodies. We didn't choose them. <laughs> We're not keeping them. Yep. <laughs> and we know that whether we go somewhere or not, whatever you, you know, believe, but if we cannot identify with it so much, and as women, so much of our self-worth by what society's told us is 
you know, placed on it, it can be very limiting. So in a sense, that is a limiting belief that you have to always feel good about your body or feel beautiful, that you are loved whether or not society thinks you're beautiful. And society's standards, the beauty standards change throughout history. We've seen that there really is no definition of beauty. I think of it really as an illusion that it comes down to our, you know, experience with, you know, who we are inside and how we treat other people and how we treat ourselves is a really big indicator of that. Yeah, beauty is like a multi-billion dollar industry. And like, I see people all the time just saying that, like, they create these insecurities for ourselves, like just to make money off of us and to make us buy all the lotions, all the creams in order to stay young, stay fresh and silky, like whatever your goal is. But it is, it's like society places this high importance and this like moral value on the way that our body and face looks. Whereas like, Mm -hmm. like you said, I think our soul and who we are as people is actually so much more important. Absolutely. And we're not even wrecking, like we were kind of talking about the media and, you know, with advertisements, we're not even recognizing like all the things we're consuming. There's all these pop-up ads and they know what our insecurities are. I was just talking to my mom about this because she's in her sixties and she's getting all these things about Alzheimer's and she's like, Oh, I'm getting older. Like, and they're trying to prey on that. And then for me, I'm 35. I just turned 35 last year. And they were saying like, Oh, you're infertile in all these things. And I'm like, how do they know I'm a single woman without kids? <laughs> You know, I mean, it's so personal. Then I was starting to, I almost clicked on it. And I'm like, don't click on it because they're trying to sell you something. They're preying on that. So whatever it is, I mean, if it's weight loss or, you know, money, they know, and they're trying to get that money from you. So just don't, you know, fall for it because it's definitely a trap. <laughs> and ads are terrifying, like, especially on Instagram and TikTok, like, they are listening always. It's so wild that like, if I'm talking about something so random, like whatever we're talking about today, I'm sure my phone's going to pick up on and start showing me like <laughs> ads yeah. for it. It's actually terrifying. And like, it's so scary that just we're like carrying this thing around. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is part of this whole, I guess, new technological revolution. And, and we'll, you know, learn from it, you know, taking the good with the bad. But definitely recognizing like you said they are trying to prey on those insecurities and we don't have to take the bait though we can you know realize that we are more than that and that we don't need you know these things to make us happier to look a certain way and I've seen that so many times like growing up I always thought well if I look this way then I'll be happy or I'll feel loved or I'll meet someone and I've had some you know people contact me who are like influencers and models and they're like I don't love myself so it's not about how we look. It's really about our relationship with ourselves and how we see ourselves. That's the most important. Absolutely. Yeah. And going off that kind of related to the last question I have for you is the confidence piece, because I feel like it is such like a subjective thing and it's so related to self-love and just how we like view and carry ourselves throughout the world. So do you have any advice on that? Like what role does confidence actually play and how can we build our own up? Absolutely. Well, For me, true confidence is internal. It's not external. Because if it's external, then it's I'll love myself when I lose 20 pounds or I'll love myself if my mental health improves or if I land this job. Um, And really, it just comes down to true confidence is regardless of what's happening externally, that you know who you are, you know your strengths and you know what you have to offer. And this has, for me, a lot of it was the self-discovery part. And that's what I've taken my clients through because once we know, you know who we are and what we stand for, we can feel a lot more confident and recognizing that we all have this power within us and to just own it and not giving it to other people. And a lot of times I think as women, 
um, in our society, we, we do tend to give it to maybe our male partner or certain people or certain things in our lives and we're letting them dictate our worth when it's really something that we have within us. And once you have that, no one can take that away. So true confidence comes from you know, knowing who you are as an essence, as a soul, as a spirit, whatever you want to call it, not just your body and your money and the things you have and all those external things, because they can always be taken away. But if it's something that's really deeply rooted within you, then it can't be. It's just sustainable. Yeah, I love that. And kind of like the when I'll be happy when dot 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 is like, I think it's called the arrival fallacy in psychology. And it's just like placing all your hopes and desires like into that thing. But when you're constantly focused on the next thing, you're like not really paying attention to the present moment, but then also Mm -hmm. like who you are as a person and what you have right now. And I feel like we tie confidence to that thing that we're looking for, whether it's a job, whether it's money, whatever your goal is. Mm -hmm. Um, So to actually like be confident in your abilities, who you are as a person, what you're doing like every single day, because I mean, like we really never know how much time we have left on this earth. So like, are you making the most out of your time? How confident are you that you're like doing all that you can before you go to sleep? And I think it's such an interesting topic because so many things can impact our confidence, but then we also have so much power over how confident we are. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of like the work that we're doing and how like intentional we are about getting to that place. Absolutely. And there's definitely going to be, you know, challenges and things that come up that are going to test us and and test our confidence. But like, you know, you were saying, if it's something that's so deeply rooted within you, it's not going to be taken away. And a lot of times there is, like you said, there's this kind of this trap, this fallacy that once you have something, then you're going to feel whole and complete. And for me, that was like when I got my teaching credential, I thought, oh, well, then I'm worthy. I'm smart. I'm whatever. Like I've proven myself. And and it was like a high for a little bit, but then you go back to your normal state. You don't stay there. So whether it's like, oh, if I you know have a relationship with this guy, then things are going to be perfect. Well, you might be happy for a little bit, but there's always going to be something more. If you're not feeling good about who you are, then the external stuff is just, it's, you're always just going to be like on this kind of like, you know, whatever that's called, a rat, <laughs> like a wheel. And it's never enough and unless you realize that you are inherently enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Hamster wheel. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I feel like we touched on so much today. Um, and I just love your work. I think self-love Me. is so important. And a lot of people struggle with it because like, what society tells them, what other limiting beliefs they have about themselves throughout their lives. So to actually be at that place with yourself where you do love who you are, you are confident in your abilities, it really does change your whole outlook on life and what you're actually capable of achieving because then you open up new opportunities for yourself. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I know we've been connecting for a while, so I'm happy we finally got the chance to do this and keep doing what you're doing. I know you're helping so many people out there. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has just been a pleasure and just please continue the work you're doing too, because you're just such a light and beautiful inside and out and really inspiring and empowering so many. So thank you for this opportunity to be a guest today. Oh, she's amazing. She's just the sweetest human ever. I'm so glad we had that chat. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I feel like we went in so many different directions, but all very important topics. And if you can relate to anything she was saying about any of the self-love or limiting beliefs or body image, whatever we said about spirituality, I really hope that you can take some positive perspectives or suggestions away, whatever part of that stuck with you. And 
even if nothing really resonated with you, I hope any of those conversations that we had will kind of like broaden your perspectives and give you that ability or desire to do your own exploring, whether that's about any faith or spirituality or whether you really want to dig deeper into that inner child healing work. And I feel like conversations like this just really like, not to use this metaphor again, but like peel back that onion. And I actually really do like that metaphor because it's so true. And like life is such a journey. We're constantly learning. There are different things that are going to come up for us at different parts of our lives. We might think we're healed from something and then something comes up and we're like, oh shit, wait, maybe not. And it's okay to change your opinion on things. It's okay to relapse or lapse from things that you thought you were quote unquote healed from. And I just feel like instead of looking at it from this like super broad, I don't even know how to describe this, but just to like take each day at at a time, like really break it down because each day is going to look different for you based on how you're feeling internally, based on what's happening externally, based on maybe a coworker had a really shit morning and they're taking it out on you. Now you're not going to feel good about yourself. And there are just so many things that can influence. So like looking at it from that super broad scope makes things really difficult because you kind of do have to break things down into the moment in order to really understand them. I don't even know if that made sense, but basically just like embrace challenges, accept each day as a new day. You can honestly, you have so much power even when you don't think you do. Like you can create whatever life it is that you desire through like small daily habits, through different interactions, through the way that you treat others. And you can just take that in other directions as well. So I don't know, again, I'm rambling, but regardless, I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today with Julia and can take some key pieces of knowledge or insight away. Her Instagram is in the episode description, so please feel free to go follow her. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening on. I love and appreciate you all so, so much, and I will be back next Friday.